I'm Ben Clunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. We're two entrepreneurial professionals based in Spokane, Washington. Join us on our journey to make 2019 the most prosperous of our lives. We'll bear all as we strive to improve all aspects of our business and our health and fitness, as well as our relationships personally and professionally. We aim to offer impactful insight into our business and personal lives. We'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout our journey. With the ultimate goal of our business and fitness being in the best shape of our lives at the close of 2019. You are listening to the Ordinary to Extraordinary Podcast. I know most of those three. It's not our first rodeo. I know. I remember one of them. (laughs) (laughs) One of them. Hey, one power question. Usually it's written down, so I'm like, "Ah, I'm not going to remember it. What's the. Don't. Just don't murky up. Yeah, just. Yeah. But okay, so I'll do the introductions. Thank you guys for turning in this morning or afternoon or whatever the hell time it is. What is it? It's 2.15, I guess, on a Thursday afternoon here. We do need to do a live one, though. So that would be mm -hmm. fun. We should do a live one. Okay. And we should video it again. We should be. Be drunk when we out? do it. No, because it's. I've only got one phone with okay. me today. So thank you for tuning in to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Today we're going to be interviewing Jordan Tampion. So I've known Jordan for three or four or five years now. I don't even know how long it's been actually. We stopped counting after three. So it's... you were still employed. Yeah, gainfully employed. employed. Such a good thing. (laughs) An attorney turned WSU. I don't even know what what a grant. Terrible downfall. Just it just collapsed quickly. It it all went downhill really quick from there too. But then it's been cool to see your business really grow and you and your brother kind of build something and become local celebrities. (laughs) (laughs) That's a stretch. Let's not jump into that line. I mean, you have to run a podcast to to be a local celebrity. So. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do autographs after. Yeah, we'll yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, we'll do autographs. Yeah, Did, yeah you got your. Security I brought my out. stamp. Actually, it's, it's just way easier. Nobody signs anymore. Yeah, your wrist <laughs> is getting so tired. I'm sure from Carpal all those tunnel. autographs. Yeah, but uh, so always enjoyed our conversations. We get mm-hmm. together and kind of shoot the shit, which has been fun, business related most of the time. But today we've got some questions for you, so we're gonna grill you. But first off, why don't you start off just telling us a little bit about you? So about. Yourself, Whitney, family. Oh yeah. How the bi- how the business started? Where you guys are at now? Your brother's involvement. Wow, that's such that? a loaded question. I feel like that's the podcast in itself, right? Uh, my <laughs> you story. Give us the yeah. Set it up, build the foundation, yeah. and then rip it all apart. I love it. Yeah, it's easy to rip apart. Um, <laughs> it, start with the best things first. Yeah, married uh, Whitney, a local Spokane girl. We have one daughter, Lolo, who's four, going on fourteen, and uh, yeah, moved to Spokane. Went to Whitworth undergrad, um, political science. Didn't even know that's a real thing. Found out you can't do much with it. So. Except for law. Yeah. It's either law or run a campaign. And Lord knows I wasn't running a campaign. So went to GU law school and uh, fell in love with uh, like mergers, acquisitions, that side of things. So studied in London for a year. And I'm sorry, Phil English people. Oh, but they're amazing. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they're quirky guy. to say the least. Yeah, so studied there and uh, studied international business and got back. And I was like, yep, now it's time to go get paid because I had a few student loans. And uh, 
2010. Are kicking in. Yeah. yeah. So in 2010, we all know how that story was. I don't even know if I don't even know what job was out there. Nothing in law. And so I was hoping to find something and stumbled into this nonprofit position here in town that as an asset manager overseeing properties and mm-hmm. they were running it and I kind of went and helped made it a little more efficient and saw how much money you could churn from doing it right and provide a service of housing in a community that didn't have it. And so um, got into flipping houses, which led to selling and buying houses uh, part-time while I was working at WSU as a professor. Longer story, different podcast. We don't have to dive into that one. <laughs> really just a title. Um, and, <laughs> and it, uh, Ended up selling, like, I think it was 12 houses my first year, and then it was 26 the next year. Then it was 50 the next year, and part-time, and I thought, man, there's this has got to happen. And what Were you happened, doing it independent or what? Uh, with, with John L. Scott. So you oh, still have, yep, so you have to have two years under you. They were awesome. It was just good mentors over there. And, uh, yeah, and started rolling, and I'm like, well, what do you do with the money? And so we just started buying houses, and we bought, ended up um, getting up to about 40 units. And remember – had a few drinks, my brother's wedding in Mexico, and I'd sit there back floating, talking to my brother Joel, who we started Four Degrees with, saying, man, I think there's an opportunity. I think I found the most saturated market in Spokane. We should jump into that. And <laughs> <laughs> Property management, here it comes. And, you know, read the, the flyer on it. And, and I, a great wedding, awesome trip. Get back. Three months later, he goes, okay, we're moving. I'm ready to start this thing. I'm like, what? The, we'll start what? <laughs> we're starting what? <laughs> he goes, yep, let's do this. And so, like, we were drinking, dude. I oh, yeah. I didn't hold on against I think it was real. Yeah. I didn't, and so he moves back, and we, we start it. And I'm like, great. Everybody's phone's going to start ringing. People are going to start coming to the door. It was six of the most dead months. I remember there was a point, and it was a trick. Now I employ it a few times. But somebody would call and say, hey, we have this property. You can come manage it. Um, can you come out today? My brother would literally set the phone down, pause for 30 seconds, move some papers around, even though the schedule was wide open, and go, ooh, yeah, how about tomorrow at 2? And so you're, like, trying to act like this <laughs> yeah. old Good established company. It. And uh, and they just the pe- the dominoes fell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're like, so it sounds like you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Dominoes fell, mm-hmm. and we went, um, that was the end of 2015, uh, 2016, and we went from 25 units and me, my brother, and my mom to now uh, we manage just under 5,000 units. We have 46 agents, 42 employees. Um, it's a good headache. And, yeah, and it's a headache's a great word. I feel like it's one of those you can never complain because yeah. it's good. It's mm-hmm. an opportunity. It's, it's but it's still something you don't want to mess up. You get this yeah. far in, you want to make it work. And so that brings us to here. And then it's just my, my wife, my business, they've all let me just kind of create something and then go after it. Nobody's really told me no that often. So, so which turned into restaurants, turned into a brewery, turned into anything I had a curiosity around that I thought could complement what we were doing in real estate. So, yeah. and you've got some great partners. I work with I'll yeah. your partners pretty closely. So on the restaurant you, side, yeah, you, you've the best. Well. I think I have. Yeah, I think I'm actually not that smart. I uh, was telling somebody the other day. I almost feel like have you ever seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I feel smart like. Smart enough to get good partners. No, smart enough to ask the right. Like I, people just ask me a question. Somebody said, "Well, hey, I have this land. Try to decide what to build." And I'm like, "Oh, well, you got to worry about drainage. You should get a geotechnical report. And uh, chances are your well's shallow." like oh my god that's so smart and i'm like no i literally said to do it at my house two weeks ago I, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about and i'm like that's what it is it's just people ask that consistent question around things that i just did yeah, yeah. and could speak very direct and specific to well, so. which is, is education teacher, right? which is education yeah. it is it is it's funny somebody asked me that and i said man what i wouldn't have done and trade that law school mba all that education and then put that money into a building i've learned so much more yeah. doing these buildings Be- from relationship billion yeah billion yeah. Ooh, i like that, well, we, I like that. We talk quite often, and it's funny that you said that, 
sort of near the start what do you do with a political science degree mm-hmm. there's so many degrees that are useless now oh, yeah you know i'll, I'll yeah. take experience over a, a, a piece of paper there was unless a, you're going to be a lawyer a doctor accountant yeah well so, they're going into debt for them yeah mm-hmm. there was an article they put out recently that said they want to hold the schools responsible for the debt now too yeah so it's like hey the kid has to sign the personal guarantee on on Correct. the note basically yeah. it's like what if the school did too yeah to make sure that the roi for the amount of debt they're taking out is is good yeah well, well and and they say cognitively actually at 18 you don't you can't understand the ramifications of what that kind of debt would oh, do seriously? and i remember signing those things they just hey you want thirty five thousand dollars <laughs> yeah i want thirty five thousand dollars when do you have to pay? well I'll just pay it back later and you have hey, to hey once you get that really good job that the career services promised yeah. you you have to use this for school yeah really Oh. But then you don't have to. But not no, really. you don't have to. Yeah. Well, thus London. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Thus thank, London. Thanks, student loans. But that was probably one of the best parts about your schooling. Only part I remember about my school. Yeah. Actually, so what I would take Trace all the back. most, I'm venturing, yeah. I guess. Well, it's really. remembers the daytime part. Oh, yeah. Nighttime. Yeah. We did go to, we did go to Manchester United <laughs> game. Might have been one of the coolest experiences oh, in nice. Old Trafford State. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Amazing. But yeah, it's that side of it. Like now we get resumes, and I'm like, all I look at with a degree is, okay, you can finish something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how do you interact? And so what I trace back to, most of my core business was from relationships in college. They moved back. They were still, and so we grew it from that. But I trace yeah. a lot of my connections now back to those college years. Relationship-based like selling. It. Yep. It's, like, it's like it's common theme, right? Every yeah. time we speak to anybody that's successful, they're about building relationships, not about mm-hmm. transactions. Totally. Yeah. So let's jump into our icebreaker questions, which we ask everybody, which I don't think we actually are going to need with you because we already broke yeah, the ice, but I'm going to ask you. I want to ask something first before yeah. we do an icebreaker question. Oh. Were you an athlete? I uh, played, uh, yeah, in high school, three-sport athlete, and then got into college, went to Whitworth. No. Yeah. No, no scholarships. So it was like, really, like, do I like it enough? There's a direct correlation in sales, all sales, mm-hmm. of just high-performing athletes, whether it be high school, college, professional. They find their way to sales because because yeah. of the competitiveness or because of their attention to detail so i'm, I'm the anomaly you're saying no you're yeah. you're the attention detail you're the attention guy. detail okay, guy. i was like yeah. i'm not that but, but I mean, yeah. even even in my company it, it's amazing you, you get to talking to people and you had no idea whether it's equestrian sports or Just, yeah. yeah professional it, baseball it doesn't players, matter yeah golfers. deca yeah deca doesn't yeah it's <laughs> don't be hating yeah. on deca yeah well, I, I wrote a mean business plan. In high oh, school. I bet you won. I bet you won a lot of things. I went to state. Yeah, I mean, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. But, okay, so right, I'm, I'm going to ask go. the two that I remember, and then he can ask the third that I don't. Okay. There we go. So first question that I remember from our spirit questions is basically, what is one thing that you haven't accomplished yet in life that you want to accomplish before the end of your life? The end of my life. Ooh, that would assume I knew where that was at. Um, so I've been fortunate to been able to dive into stuff. I One of the things that probably I would talk about, it will come out in one of the questions, is uh, what do you do when you achieve a goal? So I've grown up my whole life sports-related, and it was always you, mm-hmm. you. there was always somebody ahead of you, and you set these goals. And so I got out of college, and I said, I'm going to own more than $10 million of real estate, and I'm going to do it by the time I'm 40. Well, what happens when you do that? So there's this weird like midlife crisis thing of, wait, is this life? You just keep resetting goals. And so I've switched it to more of things that I, I think have a bigger impact than myself. Um, it's like the reason we're called four degrees, not Tampion, Tampion yeah, real yeah, estate or something. Is that? Yeah. And so for me, um, one of our goals, we have a foundation. We started a business to fund a foundation. So our goal is to give back. Kind of like Tyler actually, it's, it's a really cool, inspiring goal of a million dollars through the foundation mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Spokane specifically. So. Cool. 
like it. That's my goal. So start the foundation. Fund What's yep. the purpose of the foundation? Uh, community impact. Okay. So I worked in a nonprofit and I saw, man, everybody would give money, but there was like a thousand strings attached. So nothing actually really good happened with the money because you spent all your time reporting about how you were about to use the money <laughs> that then was used to pay for the reporting. And so for me, it would be the, a place where I can help those nonprofits that are already doing it. And so uh, it started, we uh, funded it. Um, we did about 50,000 last year. And so cool. nice. on their way to the goal, still a long ways That's to go, but yeah, you'll get there. But yeah. I know you guys it's know. amazing how convoluted philanthropy is. It's, right? it's like, don't it's its own business. Started. It's yeah. its own business, honestly. And I think if CEOs. you can have it to a group, yeah, like this. So if three of us here, couldn't we stay here and make a decision on that where money should go, make sure it goes to a nonprofit you trust with it. And then, yep. Hey, do it. We trust you. It's the same philosophy of, hey, do you give somebody panhandling for money on the corner money? Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what they're going to do with it. You don't know how they're going to – well, is that the point? Well, how I'm, many nonprofits have corner offices in the highest-rise <laughs> building in town that mm -hmm. you're like, hey, look, why aren't you in a frigging shed in the yeah. Spokane Valley? Yeah. Because that's really all you need. Yeah. Internet and phones is all you need. Why yeah. are you in why, – why is your overhead yeah. this high when it can be here and the yeah, money that's actually donated? Going to the going cause. To yeah. And, so, and, so people need to be cognizant of that when they're yeah. looking at giving. You know, yeah. are you going on GuideStar and seeing what people are spending? Look at their tax forms and, yeah. and how much yeah, they're spending on staff and, yeah. and everything. Yeah. But, so yeah. That, would, that would be my goal. Um, um, I think the real estate side kind of gets fueled from the passion for that. So Cool. I like it. Second question. This is the movie. <laughs> you don't remember any of Oh, me. I remember this one. So if they were to make a movie about your life, what would it be about? And then who would play you? Boo. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, about do I do I have to assume somebody would actually want to watch it? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, nah, nobody has to watch it. Okay. Gonna make, yeah. You don't have to look like the guy that would. Play that's even either. better. Yeah. Okay. He's that's, like the that's Rock. Good. Yeah. And be, be about being a super male model. Okay, well, that's, has nothing. No. no, it's one of my favorite movies, Pursuit of Happiness. So I love the story of the uh, the underdog that made yeah. it. So it'd be something along that line. Um, I think the realistic side of like a pursuit, I, you could picture that sitting there, no money. And so it'd be something along that line of just an example of how you went from nothing to something, um, mm -hmm. like most every major plot, but, and I like it relatable. Yeah. It'd be something like that. Went into a big city and we were able to tackle things. Um, I grew up in Moses Lake, Washington. So Spokane is, is the big city. The big city. Second largest it's, city in the state. Yeah. And it is a big city. I think we don't give it credit for that, but, and then who would play me? Oh man. JT for sure. I mean, he already has the same initials, Justin Timberlake. That's the one. Justin he's in my top five of somebody I'd want to meet. I'm like, he's so uber talented. And you're like, oh, God. I don't like, my wife would probably leave. I'm I like, don't know if no. he can straighten his hair to be like yours. Though. But yeah, so you said I didn't have to look at me. You just wear a hat all the time. Just wear a hat all the time. Yeah. Does yeah. Whitney have a thing for Jordan? Or <sighs> <after> Jordan? <laughs> for JT? She'll probably listen to this far into the podcast. So I'm going to say, it off. yes. Yeah. Yes, she does. Let's be honest. All right. So the third one, and he should have remembered this one. Third icebreaker question. You told us what you did at college, but what was your dream profession when you were a wee boy? Dream profession as a wee boy, um, outside of a professional athlete. That would always jump no, up that, first. Yeah, yeah. That's always that count? number one. Yeah. Oh, that was an Except easy one. Ben. Yeah. yeah. Ben wanted to be a farmer. I wanted to be president. Oh. <laughs> you did? Hey, that, no. hey, you still got a shot, man. Don't no, shoot yourself down. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, outside of professional um man, I didn't have – I wanted to build things. I always wanted to build things. I just thought that form was a contractor. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. It would have been that. Now I know that a position like a developer exists. I'm like, nope, that's actually what I want to do. No. I want to hire I don't want to actually swing the hammer. That's so, too much work. I just want to point at stuff and yeah. make a blueprint. Wait, what, you don't have to hold a hammer to be do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look so, pretty hands. Yeah, right? these things I haven't, touched a, good. Yeah, I haven't touched a power tool in a long time. But I do have a fourth one, and it's not so much an icebreaker question. It's just I was going to ask you what your favorite book is. And then I was like, oh, wait, Jordan wrote a book. <sighs> yeah. 
Yeah. So is your book your favorite book? Oh, no. So it's funny. You read it now, and there's so many left. I wrote it, what, two years ago. Um, did all right. I mean, it wasn't sold a bunch of copies, but it probably all my family bought them all. I'm sure. Yeah, your <laughs> big mom family. Like my mom. I'm like, mom, what's that big box? I just helped her move. I'm like, what are all these big <laughs> boxes? Really heavy. I should have opened them. I should have opened them. Like, but, damn. I knew that was odd that they sold all in one day. Yeah. Um, no, but one person, one card. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tyler mentioned this one, but it was uh, the Culture Code. Uh, I've really gotten it's into that one. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite right now. I've listened to it four times in a row on Audible now, and it's just the. Uh, that, that side, I feel like, gets the most overlooked. Like, you can teach technical stuff, but there's a human element that we forget about. So, yeah. as of right now, I'm really liking that book. If you like that But one. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is by far my favorite book. Have I read you, it three yeah. times a year. Have you done EQ? The emotional, yep. yeah. So good, yeah. Good one. yeah. I haven't read that one yet, but I think I would like that book, too. So, what's funny is we all sound like old, older people. I remember everybody, like, my fam, my dad's age, they would always talk about the books they read. What books And then I'm like, why well, don't even read anymore? And then now I'm like, oh, man, remember that book? And I'm like, what? I'll listen to a book and then buy the hard copy just oh, to have it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing well, I miss is, it, so I have to listen to them four times now, and I don't know if that's normal or, or I'm getting more stupid with age, but like I've listened to Culture Code, and I'm like, I remember a couple parts, but I didn't really remember them. Then yeah. I listened again and started taking a few notes and then listened a third time, and now I can like I cite a lot of it. Me as yeah. Well. When I listen to it one time on Audible, it's hard to truly, unless it directly applied to a situation. So Yeah. Well, I, I usually multitask when I'm listening to Audible, so it's like yeah. I'll be walking yeah. the dog or doing something yeah. around the house, and then you're like, oh, I didn't, you're right, you just come back to it, like, wow, I didn't hear that part. Oh, man, yeah. and there's some good parts in there that you miss. Well, I'm sure as you, your life experience has changed, too, so will the things Correct. in a book mm-hmm. that kind of pop out yeah. at you, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I wish I would go gone back and got my MBA now. Yeah. Like when I took it, there's no business to associate it with. There was nothing. Yeah. Lean theory mean nothing except for getting yeah. an A on a test. And now I'm like, wow, we Brain could use some of those systems. Brain in dumped it. Yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, so true. So it looks like you've written down a bunch of questions, man. Oh, I'm geez. completely ad-libbing this one. Okay, um, I didn't know where, where you were going to be. At. I, I was So I just drove <laughs> so, back from Wallace, Idaho. I have it an hour in the car, hour and a half, to literally just plan some stuff out in my head. But I want to ask, we were talking offline about there's something coming. Real estate can't keep on the mm-hmm. rise. It's. I don't think it's going to be quite the 2008 catastrophe that we had. No. Mm-hmm. But, well, mainly because the loans aren't the same, right? It's all regulated yep. or somewhat regulated. There's still some, some bad products out there. But what I wanted to ask you, you made a post, I want to say it was last week about leverage, mm-hmm. and it frightened the bejesus out of me because there's a lot sure. of people that leverage when they shouldn't leverage. I got mm-hmm. a leverage question down here too, so that's good. I wanted to ask you, what happens when this event comes in real estate and you're over leveraged, or not you personally, but mm-hmm. people in general? What do you predict might be the next thing in real estate that happens? So what's funny is I actually don't think it's going to happen from real estate. I feel like there's going to be an outside influence, whether it's a global shift in something, mm-hmm. um, probably business related. Brexit, um, maybe? Yeah, Brexit. I mean, think of the impact that Brexit had. Think of uh, AI taking over jobs, and now we have a higher um, unemployment rate without the talent to take over the AI. So I think it's going to be something like that. Right now, when I talk about leverage, um, I think what what was cool about the book when I was able to write it, so I was at WSU, um, one of the things they encourage you to do is write about the stuff. So all it was was 10 chapters of programs I was working on um, and questions I kept getting from everybody. And one of the main ones I kept coming back to was nobody's ready for retirement. Yeah. 
So they're all set up, and the, they're like, "Okay, I have fifty thousand. I have to retire." I'm like, "What? Do you, what? Do you, what? Yeah, so you go ahead. Can you help me? Good can for you? six months. Yeah, I'm like, current you, lifestyle. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you're gonna have to figure something out. And I thought, man, there's got to be a better way. And I had this, and they're a really vivid example. I actually saw my grandparents today. They visited us when we were in London, so they came over with my parents. So it was three generations. Great example. Me and Whitney would see thirty sites. My parents would see ten. My grandparents went to one. And I just thought, man. So my whole goal is to save up and retire at 65 when all of a sudden my ability to actually go experience a lot of these things diminished. is diminished. And so Good when point. we looked, the downside of, the, of leverage is that it's easy to, easy to get greedy with it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can over leverage, right? But the best side of leverage is now I can buy a $4 million building with only 20% of that down. And so when I look at over leverage, that's the wrong question to ask, right? So it's not whether it's leverage, it's whether the asset's sustainable. What type yeah. of asset did you buy? Did you buy one with a single tenant? Oh, yeah. Good example, Interface College uh, had bought a spot over there. Well, uh, somebody bought it at a rate, um, essentially, that made it, they had a 15-year lease. Well, they went out of business. Six, of yeah, yeah, they went out, went out of business six months later. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, that looks like a terrible asset now, right? Yeah. And so you get it trying to find them. Why do people love multifamily? It's because your pool of people is so much bigger. You're yeah. able to turn more. You're able to hedge some of the risk. risk. Yeah. yeah. And so when we look at leverage, a lot of our stuff, we try to stay at that 65% uh, loan to value range, uh, allows for some equity, something bad happens, a major market shift is about 20%. Mm -hmm. So even in the downturn, a major market shift of value outside of distressed foreclosed properties where they were cleaning off their books was about 20%. Mm -hmm. Closing costs, roughly 6 to 8%. So if you had a loan to value of at least 28%, I don't consider that over leveraged. Right? So 70, 75% LTV, you should be able to sell that off even as the market turns. Yeah. Yeah. People bought, I mean, my business expanded so just, in the downturn. I, I think you understand loan value. I understand loan value. Yeah. Explain yeah. LTV for uh, some loan, of the listeners. Yeah. Just so if, a, if my house is worth 100000 and I have an 80% LTV, the bank will give me $80,000 and I just have to put 20000 down. So what that allows for is that if I go to sell it for a hundred, um, there's a twenty thousand dollar equity to pay costs and then make proceeds. Well, if the market shifts, what we saw was that twenty percent of that value was immediately taken off the top. Mm -hmm. So now I'm selling for eighty and I owe eighty, yep, and now I'm under yep or underwater because of costs. And that's what what happened. It wasn't that the market was crazy; it was that people got crazy with the market. Mm -hmm. Well, people were paying these loans where nothing was going to principal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interest-only loans, yep. terrifying. Yep. So where you see it today is a lot of hard, like hard money loans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you do something speculative, hey, I'm going to build this fourplex, and then we'll refi it. Well, the appraisal comes in $100,000 low, and you don't have the money to cover. Yeah. That's what you're seeing in today's form. But I'm seeing more people denied for loans than I've ever, yeah. like, ever seen. I'm seeing You're seeing a lot of protection around it that I don't know. I haven't seen the crazy stuff, and... Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm crazy. No, she's it's funny. You oh, see you're that. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess we, that was established. Yeah. <laughs> that we was just established. interviewed a, given, uh, a fella called Mark Smith. I don't know if you listened to that one. He's over in Wisconsin and he was talking, you mentioned hard money and he said, no, that's fucking impossible money yeah. now. Because to your point, the banks of 2008 shifted banks so far conservative that they're like, no, we're not lending unless you've got two years in oh, business. The lending requirements uh, are crazy. You know, mm -hmm. you have to have it's all commercial. these. Yes. You speak to commercial lenders, yeah. which you and I do regularly, they and they're owner occupied. Oh. Great yeah. profit money. To anybody yeah. that's there's no such thing as hard money anymore. No. It's impossible money. Yeah, it's all it, private. It, hard money. It's not bank hard money. No, and I, and I think it's a great thing where it becomes a, a hurdle. Sometimes it stifles a little development. 
But if you're saying the sacrifice for not having another collapse is some development doesn't take off till it's sustainable. Yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> probably not a bad yeah, thing, right? Good, right. And yeah. the reason I Stronger asked that foundation. question, and Ben's going to cringe here as soon as I say the guy's name, I, I'm a big fan of most of what Dave Ramsey yeah. teaches, right? Yeah. So you would have cringed at every one of my posts. No, 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 no. <laughs> I also, his principles are based on what he did 30, 40 years yep. ago. Yeah. So he had millions of dollars of real estate Correct. and basically the banks came back to him and said, hey, we're calling those notes in. And he's yep. like, I've never been late on property. I've never been, I've never been yep. late on a payment. You know, I'm 40% into these properties. Like, you can't just ask me to pay it all back. Yep. And I lost everything, started over. Yeah. And I think there's fail safes in place now. It's not the same market that it was. 35, yeah. 40 years ago when, when that happened to him. So, yeah. And I believe just, if I know the story right, he was actually trading notes. So he didn't actually own, estate, own at, he yeah, was in real estate by trading real estate notes yep. with commo- say, almost commodity. The they were almost story. commodity style to him. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, but but I mean, what, what I found with Dave Ramsey's, right, it's the, and that's where I found a middle. So the book I wrote was kind of, how do you, how do you find a middle? But was, okay, so I can save my way there, right? Mm-hmm. If I can only make so much. And so how am I going to get to this life I think I want or the ability to get there if I don't find a creative way to leverage? The downside is my life was like a house of cards for five years. <laughs> Every project was everything in, and if yeah. it didn't work, um, so we use the mentality of four degrees, we just burn our ships. So when we go into something, it's, it's yeah. everything. It's, I mean, we're trying to be responsible in it and how we do it, but like... Well, I think you've gotten more conservative as you Way more conservative. Too. I mean, I remember talking three years ago over at Atticus grabbing coffee and you're like, this is just the only way I know how to get what I want. Yeah. yeah. You know, is by utilizing leverage at this point too. Yeah. But then again, it's like you've built your personal net worth to a yeah. point where it's like, I kind of want to protect some of this. Yeah. And now the, your LTV is getting a little, yeah. you know, correct. You and, want a little higher. And, uh, L, or and therein lies LTV, the catch 22, right? So what if I stop yeah. developing? Because I don't like in theory, well, I, in theory, I, I don't have to do it. another development. Yeah. So then we in Spokane don't have to, like, you don't get the benefit because you've made your nobody money, has you've your to develop. Set. Yeah. When you're developing, it's either a strong, I mean, there's usually a reason. But I think we all know that it's like, yeah, but I say this as a guy who is the same way, but it's like, there's a little ego in it all too, though. And a little bit of passion mm-hmm. in it too. It's like, you do that because you like to do it too. Love you like it. to create yeah. and you like to speak a vision into it. It's like, you don't do it just for the paycheck. I no, I don't. I mean, I'm speaking uh, for you, but yeah. wild guess. You won't yeah. find a successful person that doesn't have ego. And if they claim they don't have an ego, they're lying to you. Yeah. They just don't realize yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think ego is given a bad name. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing to have the ego. And it's, I think it's, I don't think so it's either. just like, yeah, it's, I agree. It's, it's, I mean, that's a motivator. So yeah, it's real estate too. in Spokane, there are obviously, you work for one of them. Yeah. Very established firms yep. that have been around for a long time. Did you experience resistance? Do you still experience resistance because you guys are different? You're doing approaching it from a different mindset, a different way of doing things? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, anything new in Spokane, you experience that. Um, right. Do. I don't know of any industry <laughs> yeah, in Spokane where it's, school. yeah, but think We've about always it. Done it this so, way. so I go study a place and they're like, man, success, business clusters. We should do more business clusters. You come to Spokane. It's like, Oh no, you put in a brewery right next to my brewery. I'm like, no, that means we have two breweries that people can come to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's something and that's that every industry I've hit in Spokane has been that same way. Uh, um, for us, it's awesome. So we kind of keep our heads down a lot. We have a system I like a system we built that really works and so we we dive into it and i think we ruffle some feathers but i think the one biggest difference we have is we're open source if you yeah. if anybody from keller ever said hey jordan i just had a question like what should we do with this problem 
hey, here, this is what so, I would do. Yeah. This is what I'd recommend. This is actually the system we put in. And so I've collaborated with brokerages. And I think as more of that happens, I think that mindset goes away. So um, what's your, you were at John L. Scott, like you said, mm-hmm. and then decided to, I mean, you were working with John L. Scott when you were at WSU yep. still, yep. decided to go out on your own, mm-hmm. start doing Unity City, build it up to 40 units, two things. Why did you decide to leave John L. Scott and go and start your own brokerage instead of hanging under theirs? Mm-hmm. And then how did leaving WSU play into all this? Yeah. So it's, uh, I didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial family. Um, we grew up, my dad was a teacher. Uh, my mom stayed at home and then did uh, teaching as well. And so the concept of having your money make money was the most foreign concept I've ever had. So <laughs> like what, you mean, I don't have to go work to make this money. Um, <laughs> and we and Whitney early on started a photo booth. Mm-hmm. So we had seen a friend have one and I'm like, man, we could have it so much nicer than that. Well, we all of a sudden went from one photo booth doing 20 events to an eight year business where we were doing 300 events a year, three photo booths. You're we renting them. The cost was $200. We were renting them for a thousand dollars a night. And I'm like, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to create something that does something while you're That's not so working. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. And so was it a lot of work? Yeah. Was it a lot of sense? Yeah. It was, it was all of those things, but I think, um, a way to cut your teeth. And- yeah. It's a way to cut your teeth and kind of get that mindset that makes it right. And I think it's, we've been fortunate. Um, we've grown and I think one of our goals is just including people, treat them right. And making, making these deals that aren't just for the day, the sake of the deal. It's for the relationship, um, both with the client and with the, the other people. So, so why, why, why the John L. Scott though, to why that transition? Why so hang out. Yeah. So it was a cost thing. So I was working yeah. full time at WSU and, uh, never went to a sales meeting, never went to anything. Um, and so we were paying, it might've been around, I paid like $32,000. I'm like, wow, I didn't do anything. And mm-hmm. uh, at the time, uh, Joe Kelly had Kelly, right. And it was, 50 bucks a month and you yeah. kept 100% of your commissions. And so it just it made yeah, so sense. So is that where you went then after John Scott was I went there and then honestly we were going to we were actually going to stay with that model when my brother moved but uh, they had already had a management company. And so I was like, "Well, wow. let's just go start Let's one. Do yeah, how, how hard can this be, right? <laughs> wow. Hey, sometimes ignorance is bliss. It is bliss. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know what you Truly don't know. It is, yeah. That's just it. You get older, you get more experience, and I think you become more comfortable in your ways, and you have more to lose. Way more to lose. So it's like, uh, But stubbing your toe and learning all those lessons is invaluable, right? I I don't know how you can do without that. I think the one thing I've learned is how to recover from failure faster. Mm -hmm. Actually, I wouldn't say I'm that as successful. I've just learned to recover when I fail faster and not let it keep me down as long as it used to. That's good. That's a good trait. Well, that's the athletics. Yeah, it's exactly that. I think it's exactly that. Um, And you see it play out time and time again. Yeah. I mean, and and success is different in everything, right? So in baseball, you can be successful 30 times out of 100 or three times out of 10. Yeah. But in basketball, if you're 30% in a free throw line, you're you're unsuccessful. So it's finding those tolerances in Mm -hmm. everything you do what's successful, what's not successful, and then making, working, whether it be a free throw or real estate, how do we fail less and succeed more, right? Yeah. And, and I love I love the the crossover between sports and business, and you're no different from anybody else we've talked to, and uh, yeah. failure is imperative. Yeah. If, if you're not willing to fail, you're not willing to succeed. Yeah, and that's what makes it so difficult. I think a lot of people think what I do is risky. Uh, most of my friends that I talk to, uh, <laughs> well, actually, I think all of them well, think it's, it's risky. Lack of but knowledge, right? yeah, it's, it's lack of knowledge, but it's also that f- they have s- such a fear of failure. And sometimes I'll do something because I was so afraid I'd fail that I was like, nope, we're buying the building yep. because mm-hmm. I know my numbers were right. I it know they were sound motivator. and I can't. Yeah, and it is. And all of a sudden you, you flip that switch enough times and all of a sudden and you're 
the the risk isn't there because mm-hmm. your numbers it still has to be founded in numbers. Mm-hmm. Like if my property is cash flowing today and the market turns tomorrow, nothing happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. What you only get burned if you have to yeah. sell it. Only if you or if you lose yeah. your. So yeah. exactly. And so now it's and then even that you can hedge. What if I had a year of reserves? Mm-hmm. So I pre-fund a year of reserves on every building. Good. Yeah, right. So all of a sudden these things where you, you just took almost any fear, but I, if I even set that program in front of ninety percent of people, still would say no. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, what is it? Fire financially independent, retire early. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're clearly yeah. of that mindset. Oh yeah. But you also you're. I see similarities. So you got the financially in independent side. Yeah. You also have an energy to where you'll probably never truly retire. You'll yeah. always do something. You need to be occupied and active, and and yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. 50s my age, so I'm 37 right now, and 50s where I want to be. Yeah. Like, well, that, no well, that's more, been our conversation. That's always forever. No more fun. Yeah. No, like, only yeah. fun work from here on out. It is, and <laughs> I, I think what's hard though is even your fun work. So right now, I don't have a meeting on my schedule. I don't pick. Okay? That's the way to do it. Right. So in theory, that should be a good spot, but yeah. it doesn't stop the problems. It doesn't stop the no. parking scenario I have to deal with on a development. It doesn't stop the city saying, "Hey, you can't even put that there." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" And so you still are always going to have that. But what I found is it, it's it's in that element of a purpose mm-hmm. and drive that, that you really find. And that's why I, it's hard. I think of real estate a lot like golf. It's that thing you could probably do. And I think the point you stop is when you stop doing a good job. When I stop wanting to stay up on the most current trend, the most current, current thing. Do so, you play? Uh, oh yeah. I love golf. Jeez, I have yeah. no idea. We'll have yeah. to get you on the Yeah, we, we love it so much we put a simulator in our office because I, I was like, I can't get to the course often enough. So yeah. if, what if I brought the course here? Just played St. Andrews this morning, actually. Oh, oh yeah. I was excited. Castle course. I was, was nice. excited about that. I hear you're putting a gym in the back end of have the Have the gym well. in, yeah. Yeah, one of our big pushes. It's hard to encourage our uh, agents and staff to work out and be healthy if we can't. If we don't set something up for yeah, that success, Marty Beal is crushing it. Though oh, she's, she's awesome, all over the fitness. I, what's oh, it's so crazy? I can go down to everybody in our firm, and it's just amazing to see. That's what makes these podcasts kind of funny, right? I'm sitting here talking about it, but you take out any of these members, and I'm I'm still at WSU being a professor, right? And that's what's cool to see is that I just get to be the voice for them, mm-hmm. and and then we grow faster. And it's this crazy thing of if, if I tried to be the front of this, we would have been we probably would have gone out of business two years ago. Yeah. But when you get behind and you fuel that, um, it's it's oh, it's oh, crazy so it's to just see, man. You trying to grind yourself and be yeah. at the top and trying to make something happen. It's like oh, yeah. you have a fueled team behind you. Oh yeah, pushing you. Yeah, like in the book, I and don't quote a lot of books, but it was Ray Dalio's The Principles. He said one of the greatest things of his success, so one of the best hedge fund managers in history. Uh, he called it radical transparency. And he gave a scenario where one of these, I think it was an intern level person, um, wrote him a note after his meeting and said, I just didn't appreciate that you weren't prepared for this meeting. You showed up, didn't have your notes ready. And he wrote back and said, thank you. I will promise that won't happen again. And I was like, so we've run our company that way from the very beginning. So I had like one of person came up and said, hey, Jordan, I just, why'd we do, like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, actually, I don't know. We should really check that. And that mm-hmm. you guys spoke about in a couple of your podcasts and it comes back, I, the term may be different, but it's always that vulnerability and the need to not have every answer and let your team fill that role. Yeah, right. So it's, I mean, it, it's been the... And I think as the leader, that takes a pretty, that takes humility and, you know, yeah. and confidence in your team yeah. to yeah. be able to just say, you know what, you're, you're it, right, I don't, yeah. no friggin' idea. Like you said off the air, yeah. but like, and we can edit this out if you don't no. want it, but it's like the HR side of things. You're like, yeah. sometimes you, as a business owner, you're thrust into things, you're like, I have no freaking idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> On everything, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But so that was one of my questions actually was like, so you had never run a business before. 
like you said, no entrepreneurial background, mm-hmm. no exposure to it. How have you learned or what are some of the things you've had to deal with with now launching a business, dealing with 90 employees between brokers and yeah. staff? 90 people, that's a lot of headache. You're dealing with different uh, laws that are going to be uh, hitting you in different ways, HR issues, payroll. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, all types of fun things that most people are never going to have to experience. Quarterly taxes, you know. Quarterly taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's all those things. My all of a sudden, the B&O tax rate t- changes, and it's yeah. a big deal to us, right? I'm reading taxes. the laws People as they're coming like, down. Does Jordan have B&O? Yeah. B-O? What's that? A little bit of both, and I pay a tax for it, so it's this crazy thing. It's an tax. It's BS. Well, the interesting part about all of this is that you have so many different kinds of employees that learning some of that must have been insane. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, and this will be a de- <laughs> yeah, this will be a default. It's all team driven. So we've been fortunate to to uh, maybe it's set ego side, maybe it's not. It's maybe understand we don't have all the answers, but it's finding the people that do, and then trusting that they'll bring it in. One of our my mentors is let's say he says it every time. He's like, I'm not actually that smart. I surround myself with the smartest people I know, and then you know what happens? I win. It works. It's it's a it's an equation that works, Investing and so. And so for us, the difference is my law degree, right? It's what a waste in the sense of spend 200, whatever that was. I don't even know. I lost track, $200,000, $150,000 and get out. Don't even practice law. Have never needed. You actually don't need it to be a realtor. You don't need it to run a business. You don't need it for any of these. But what it did was it made me always question the downside. So when you're going in, you, I'm always hedging our downside. So if you ever take a big jump, I've already hedged it in some way or another. And so when we're doing those, you know the core elements of a business. You can look at them and say, okay, IT, well, let's get that fixed. Because once we fix it, we don't have to look at IT again. We just need somebody to service it. HR, it's moving. It's always growing. So find somebody who knows it and can advise on it. Accounting, we have an accountant. I mean, so what we did, and right now it looks smart, I don't, I don't know, is we spent the money up front. We had, an, uh, we, had a full, we had a third-party accountant the day we started. We had, I mean, we hired all those services. We had um, ADP run all of our payroll. We had, and we spent all this money. We had a company design our website. Our goal was to be a 10-year-old company in one year. So everything we tried to do or turn out should have looked like we'd been doing it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so... Infrastructure is important. Infrastructure, yeah. And so it was just, it's huge. And, And what's hard, though, is that the areas we messed up on... Now we're going back and fixing them. The, the areas we thought, hey, let's just try to do this ourselves. And you know what? I think I'll, you said something which is really interesting. I think we all get, people in sales really get, is that pressure. Like yeah. you get those people, you hire that staff for one, it propels you forward. Those that those outside team members, you hire them. But then you're also on the hook for paying them. Mm-hmm. It's like, and that really motivates you to go out and go out and get revenues in the door. Yeah. And go out and become a 10-year business in year one because you got to pay these people too. Yeah. So, I mean, it accelerates growth, I think, when you put that type of pressure on yourself. Yeah. And it's it's something I always tell people. It's like when I feel scared to do something, that usually means that I should do it. And some, I don't always follow that. It just yeah. means that I should. Yeah. But yeah, and it, I think it, that's, that's real, and that's what you did. Yeah, and it's knowing your why. So, right, our very first holiday party was awesome. We had the core group of everybody still at Four Degrees and what we were working through. And, and it was they had them, their spouses were there, and it was like this sobering moment of, Shit, I pay. We, we pay all their salaries. Like they're not going on vacation on if we don't do something. They're not. They're not retiring if we don't set this up. And yeah. and that was all we had. It all at our very first office on Sprague. Well, second office, but on Sprague. And then we just hosted one where we had to rent out a large facility because we had 200 people. Mm-hmm. Right. Same sobering feeling, but it's that same idea of 
even if you have nothing left in the tank, it helps you dig a little deeper because that, okay, great. Yeah, we are running, but we need, we need more to hit this level. And so it's, it's been an ongoing struggle, but I would say the biggest one is just finding that team as soon as you possibly can and trusting them and then building a team you can grow with. I think that's Mm -hmm. what we always talk about is, Hey, I I need you to be around when I need these decisions. I don't want to have you invest in my business. And then all of a sudden you retire. Yeah. Three years later, and now yeah. I'm like having to revisit this when I need you the most. So well, you have the right attitude in that a lot of people don't want to surround themselves with people that are as good or better than them, right? Oh. They're intimidated by it. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, I experienced it in soccer. Yeah. People that had high licenses always wanted to keep everybody else down, and yeah. you know, you're doing be it top right. dog instead of what's is it? Steve Jobs that said you don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. Yeah. You hire smart people so they can tell you what to Correct. do. Correct. Yeah. Oh, he was a genius. Yeah, yeah. So good. I mean. That's a great quote. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, I've noticed it here. I mean, just switching, like, the 10 capitals, right? When other people drive hard, it forces you to drive even harder. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like if you want to be one of the top producers, you want to be one of the top dogs, it's like if the guys below you are pushing or even besides you, it yeah. forces you to be better and to push harder, too. You yeah. want to feel like you belong. You don't want to be the odd one out, right? Yeah, you don't want to, yeah. be, don't want to be the guy well, falling behind. I mean, perfect example, right? I was at Kelly Wright. I was doing about $7 million in volume. Pretty, I mean, decent for part-time. And then we started four degrees, and that next year I did 12. The next year I did 22, and the next year I did 30. Yeah. What was the difference? Same knowledge base. Same license structure, except for what every time I'd go to leave the office, there was three people and they're still on the phone. So I'd set my bag back down and I'd <laughs> hop back in my office because we're competitive. I'm competitive. Still what the heck? Yeah, wait, they're doing it. I should be in here. What am I going home for? And they I think kinda... it's uh, surrounding yourself. I mean, the best, best advice I ever gave someone is just surround yourself with the five people that you want. I mean, it's yeah, you are the equi- I mean, you could take, with. they always compare it to money, but it's emotional intelligence. It's physical oh, it's ability. It's all of yeah, the things, the five people, because what do you talk about? Like we were, we were at the pool swimming and I had one of my, one of those five come over and what did we talk about? We talked about how to leverage two assets we had and spin them into this other investment <laughs> to geographically diversify. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, I love this. I could talk about this for days. <laughs> well, and but I, think go about world, it. I go to somebody else and they're like, head, eyes glazed, spin back. And it's not even the content. It's that that conversation doesn't resonate. And it, all of a sudden, that's not what we talk about. Yeah. We, we talk mm-hmm. about a vacation or something that for me, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's. But it doesn't drive it forward. And that's what I've been fortunate the last three years is just surrounding myself with super, super talented people. That's cool. So two-pronged question. First one, any political aspirations? And second one, if you had a magic wand and could put programs in place to fix the major issue here in downtown Spokane with homelessness, how do you think it needs to be approached? Yeah, actually, it's a good one. I've uh, been thinking about uh, no political aspirations. Okay. I uh, lived I knew in, I liked you. I, uh, <laughs> I, was, I interned, uh, I thought I did, uh, political science again. Yeah. What, do you, what, what else can you be a politician? Yeah, they put that I don't think you need a degree to be a politician, though. So. And, and, we have some, and we have some good ones. So I, uh, I interned there, and I just thought this, all they're doing is horse trading back and forth mm-hmm. and then what happened was the lobbyists would come on and the biggest company won and i'm like wait a second why don't i just be the biggest company that seems to move the needle faster yeah, and so for me I, I think that um that's not an aspiration it's not a lot it's not a light i really want to 
want to delve into. And so um, the magic wand, I, I'm going to call it the one block at a time program. So one thing we do is we, we purposely go into areas partly because of budget. So I'm not going to yeah. say that's only for this reason, but we go into areas that I see as pivotal kind of catalyst centers. So the West End of downtown, West I Central, love yeah. that. Not West Central, West, yeah. West yes. End of downtown. Well, right. both. We're in West Central too, but the West End downtown, I've driven through that. I, I, I could just see what it could be. And so we bought up enough buildings in there to make a difference. And now you go by there, you have pedestrian traffic. You're going to have a, the, our new breweries going in, a new restaurant, other breweries in the area. You and your investors. You and the investors, yeah. And it's you're, you're going to see it. So what do we do on second? Same thing. Well, did, are there still homeless people in the alleys? Yes. Are they still out front uh, smoking? Yes. Is there still garbage all over? So what I do every morning, we've got these little grabbers in a bucket, and I go pick up garbage on my block, which is between 2nd, 3rd, Lincoln, and Monroe. So every day, we go every morning, I'm out cleaning up garbage, and everybody that's sitting on the street, I ask them their name, where they're from, how they're doing, if we can help. And I thought, man, what if... What if this every block just took ownership of their block? Mm -hmm. So if you saw garbage, pick it up. Yeah, totally. What if somebody throws garbage again? Pick it up. What if they dump all their garbage in a mat? Pick it up. Have it moved away. And try that and then don't yell when they're there. Ask them, hey, bud, what what are you doing here? Obviously, you're sleeping in my parking lot. That's probably an issue. So there's two approaches, right? Get off my parking lot or, hey, obviously, you're sitting here. Sometimes, hey, are you on drugs? Is there something we can do? No. Eh, Yell at me. But start the conversation as a human conversation. I think what we've done is oh, the, my, the word slipping, but we've almost taken the humanity out of it. Yeah, dehumanized. Mm-hmm. Dehumanized. There we go. And, and so now it's easy to yell at somebody and get off there. Mm-hmm. But what if you just said, Hey, what's your name? Oh, Ernie. Yeah. Hey Ernie. Oh, you've had a run of bad luck. Okay. You're just looking for food. Well, there's two shelters down that way that both have food. They serve from eight to 10. And all of a sudden, if you drive by a lot, it's more clean. We painted our building. Mm-hmm. No graffiti. We've got, I mean, all of a sudden you look at these things. I'm not saying we're never going to get tagged. I'm not saying we're never going to have those issues. People still go through the garbage, but it's that thing of, hey, do you want a water? Yeah, you do? Oh, that's great. Here, let me grab you one. What do you guys do at four degrees? Oh, you know, we just try to sell some real estate. And I think, I don't know how we're going to coin it yet, but I think our foundation is going to launch something called the one block at a time program where we'll fund the garbage like cleanup like um, and start with garbage. It's amazing mm-hmm. what the difference of if you see garbage somewhere and you just don't. Mm-hmm. what you immediately think mm-hmm. and so well this year we're looking to roll something like that out that's, well, smart. that's like really it. similar to the concept that was rolled out in new york with a subway exactly yep exactly yeah, like that exactly like 70s that. or 80s when yep. the subway there was tags and it yep. was filthy yep and what they did was as soon as someone was tagged they got it off the rails yep. and another train yep. on clean yeah yep. so working around the clock and, yep. and, and people I, took ownership yep. of it yep and so now and now we're we trying have. to do that yeah. to some degree with dsp the downtown yep. spokane partner oh and they're right awesome mark has run a great yeah. show and, and so what it is is just don't trust a company to do it not that you don't trust them but we need yeah. more but everybody takes a little yeah. ownership so it's way easier to just comment that hey homelessness is outrageous did you did you do anything today yeah when was the when was the when was the last stabbing was there a stabbing no there hasn't been Oh, wait, you mean you can't approach them? Just say hi. Yeah. Don't look up. Don't look down. Just say hi. And it's amazing. I just have seen it. And so, hey, worst case, we're going to do it between 2nd, 3rd, and Lincoln and Monroe, and then on the west end of town, and we'll start from there and if people get on board. so. But funding things like that, it's amazing. I mean, $1,000 for garbage cleanup can go a long ways. And then now, all of a sudden, it just Mm -hmm. looks better. Perception is reality, and I think that's what you'll see. And so you'll totally see fewer true. people on that corner. You'll see fewer people smoking by our building. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see that opportunity. And so it's just coming up with well, human ways to say the same thing. And I got to wonder if you see the same people in your parking lot 
<clears throat> and now they're like, oh, hey, Jordan, morning. Yep. Like, yeah. And then, like, I didn't litter in your parking lot today because I like you now. Yeah. So here's the best one. So I won't say his name, but he was there, and he was sitting there, had a, a Miller High Life, which I was like, man, I should have a Miller High Life. This sounds delicious. Right you, were, yeah. you, were, you were a little jealous? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I, but I can't. I can't. All right. It's 8 a.m. <laughs> That's what was so <laughs> to me. I love Miller. Oh, it's so good. Um, and so we were, he was sitting there, and I go, hey, you, you can't drink here. Um, honestly, it's just not at the spot. We, we were trying to run a business. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I, I was just sitting here because you got this curb, and I just wanted to sit. And I said, well, no, that's fine. And I started asking his name. And um, and he go, and so I said, honestly, we're just trying to keep it clean. Actually, we saw some needles, and that's probably my bigger concern. I have a four-year-old daughter, and I just want to make sure that I can keep our people safe. He goes, you know what? I actually want to help keep you safe. So I'm going to tell everybody, kind of stay away from this spot because um, you're trying to run something here, and I want to be a part of that. Help me clean up the trash in the, in the parking lot, and then walked and got breakfast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sweet. wait, why don't we what? <laughs> Like, I think it's just in the approach. And Yeah, but yeah. to quote Rick Whale, of awesome. her, we've got city officials that thought it was a good idea to dump rocks so that they couldn't be Correct. in a safe place, Correct. right? Yeah, yeah, and and that's where that's the best part. When I say no, I don't get in that side. I think it's a tough job to be a city official because you're you're hearing it from both sides. Please Mm -hmm. clean up homelessness, but don't dehumanize. Clean up, and the only methods you see are dehumanizing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think people get frustrated, and that's their frustration coming out with it all, right? Yeah. But it, I mean, it's tough, and it's hard. I'm, and I'm uh, like, probably, we'll probably get tagged tomorrow. Who knows, right? But it, <laughs> but I have, I know I have a five gallon and rollers in my in my in our building right and now. A couple of people outside. A couple of people to, try and help. Exactly. You. Yeah. So we'll start there. So let's talk about family balance. A part of this podcast we always say is about balance, right? And Stephen and I will say we work hard and we play hard and we go out and have fun with our family and. So uh, anything you do in particular, anything you started implementing, being a busy guy that's married with a daughter and to make sure that you're aligning your values with your life? Yeah. So I actually hate the word balance. I think of it a lot like mutual funds. Like it's just you're spreading. I know. That's why I only use that with you actually about diversification, right? (laughs) It's the, I mean, so balance. So what I switched it to is a purpose-driven life. So to establish that, you need priorities. What is that purpose? So kind of God's top. My wife and daughter is next. And then you kind of work down. Four degrees is like the sixth on my list. And I think that's what's been fun. And so where do I spend? And so then you used to take that and you put your schedule. How much time do I put in? Well, don't read the Bible. Haven't prayed. I'm like, wait, how's that the first priority? And it was this like Mm -hmm. shift of priorities. And so I read a book called Miracle Morning. Man, back to reading again. It's amazing. And so he has these seven things you Mm -hmm. do in the morning um, from visualization to exercise to meditation to simply drink a glass of water. Mm -hmm. Right. And all of a sudden I started doing those. And now what my day would start with is I would picture where I wanted to be. One one day I woke up and I pictured I was going to buy a building, bought clothes on the building or like got the building under contract by the end of the day. And it was just these things of you're trying to just look through it because they associate with where do I want this to end up. I recommended that book to you a while back, by the way. It's, you but you never listened to me, to me. And so then I don't listen. If you were going to listen to one, it's it, it changed it changed the way. I so saw I have every agent read it. I have everybody. Now that you said it, I'll yeah. write Thank it you. down, that's, Jordan. That's exactly. What well, was it you said to me the other day? F you. I don't care what. I don't you Don't care what you think. <laughs> I was telling him I'm reading the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving. A yeah, book. that's good. <laughs> that book is great. I'm like F you, Stephen. I don't care what you what think. You think. <laughs> <laughs> He'd true. said it like three times. 
things within five minutes. Yes, because together, he, I was like, he always has geez. advice. He's like, you should. I'm like, F you, Steven. I don't care what you think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a I'm a no more than five points to any advice I ever do. And I actually, I don't even call it advice. It's what I do. Yeah. So because after five points, I forget them all. Oh, so I try God. to keep it to the only books that, and that one was the fastest read. And if you implement them, it it works. And then you think of why does that work, right? Don't even just so do it for the, the sake of it. I, I, I used to be really good at morning routine. I'm still actually pretty good. But now I get my son up in the mornings. Yeah. My wife is goes to work at 6 a.m. Wake up earlier. Dude, I'm not waking up at yeah. 4 a.m. That's what go. you got to do. It. You, don't get, you don't get to ask for Say, help and then no. not, not apply but any that's, help. That's actually true. So, like you just there's. Hold on. Be quiet. Stephen. <laughs> this question is for him, not you. Stephen. <laughs> F you, Stephen. I don't care what you think. <laughs> that's my new line. Actually, I'm going to use that all day. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a kid. Mm-hmm. Did your wife watch your kid in the mornings? Um, so my, my kid up? sleeps till 7. So I'm up at 5. And you get your daughter up? Uh, no, I mean, uh, one of the shifts, right? So number two on priority is, no, I'm out the door. Yeah. I'm out the door by six. I've seen you driving in some yeah. mornings. Yeah, so I'm always in by six. So what I found was really hard for me to stay family folk and then shift right into business. Yeah. Like I had to like start start the right, the right way for me. Um, but then I realized my daughter's four and I've missed most of her life. So starting kind of, we, we open the building tomorrow. And so starting Monday with the new gym, I kind of shifted. I have a new schedule, so. Yeah, back to that priority. But you get up earlier. You have to. I stay up later, so I work a lot from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. So yeah. a lot of my day is filled with this. It's it's business mm-hmm. meetings. It's it's the the relationship side of growing and, that I can't yeah. do. And then now from so if you ever get a midnight email, it's not because I was drunk <laughs> or angry. It's or may, be, maybe. well, I might have been. I mean, it's yeah, or Game of Thrones was on. I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> it's the, and so all of a sudden it's it's because that's when I can I can do uninterrupted work. Yeah. And when you look at seriously, when you this Miracle Morning book literally lists people like Oprah and Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, yeah. and when you look at all of these people's morning routines, waking up early is a non-negotiable for them. Yep. And all of these things they do, they're all doing them, and like people think I'm nuts for waking up at four a.m. Yeah. And it's because that's my non-negotiables from yeah. four a.m. to seven thirty. I know nobody has the right to want or need my attention. Yep, and. That's all I was saying when I said wake up earlier. What I'm saying to you is wake up, do the things that you want to do, have your morning routine, and then take care of the shit that you have to with your son. Yeah. Yeah, and keep that. And the big one. I don't want to get before. So the big one for that is keep it for your uh, creativity too. So I don't do any task-oriented work in the morning. I I do believe in that so like it's all dreaming. It's all yeah. I hate to call it dreaming because it sounds like you don't Which ever achieve it. But yeah, yeah, like so yeah, it's connecting dots is what I think yeah. of it a lot of times. I refuse to look at email until later. Yeah, in the day. smart. It's yeah. because then your mind goes right to the I've task been instead been with, of getting at the gym high. with him. Though, and he is on you just check his email. Instagram. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. I knew that's, it. That's to build the brand, though. That's different. That's, that's dreaming. That's dreaming. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, <laughs> and, and and all the visioning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ben's it, making gestures at me again. Yeah. Do that a lot. Well, man, you gotta have this stuff on video. This is way way better He's, on video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're way more fun yeah. in person. Yeah, but I think the biggest one is the one of the keys in there is they say write down three things you're grateful for. So one of the biggest struggles I ever have is when's enough enough. I remember I started this whole thing and I said my goal by the time I'm done is that I make ten thousand dollars a month and then I'll stop. <laughs> I remember that conversation. No, I've told it to multiple people because yeah. it—that's it was the exact one. I, I knew I did all my numbers. I knew that if I made that much, I would have enough to like travel a little. And passive pay. income is yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, and then, and then you hit it, and you're like, man, you don't know. Yeah, and Keep it's going. crazy. And so it's a, uh, it's one of those things where it just. Well, that's you get lazy that. if you stop at that, right? Is that is that yeah. you're, you're basically. Well, you're not actually fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah, might as well be on salary <laughs> at that point. Yeah. 
but in that book, that settler and I give it a fuck book that I'm reading. It's like they talk about that too. Yeah. When you have these goals that are monetary based or that are, some you've been reading this book for about a month. Yeah, yeah, how, how long, long did it take you to read books? To read. <laughs> 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 oh my god! I'm not gonna get the finish sentence here. Next time. <laughs> have you, Stephen? I don't care what you think. But that's just it. It's like yeah. shifting your goals. And you alluded to it earlier from, hey, I hit 120000 a year or yeah. I hit $10 million in real estate. It's like, because then your entire identity is wrapped up in that goal. And then when you hit it, you lose your identity. Oh, you lose it. And then it's and then it's the question of, man, so this is life. I have to redo this again. Yeah. It was so hard to get here. Yeah. And I got to reset again. And so that's where it switched from a, a money slash that kind of oriented goal to a purpose-driven one. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that, that shift it. was the biggest shift ever life. made. Yep. And, I, and again, it's, it's, it's together, cheesy, yeah. but it's but it gives you that that drive when, when it wouldn't be there. And then the gratefulness is just you don't realize how much you have. Until mm-hmm. every morning you talk about it, and all of a sudden I was like, "Geez, maybe I am doing all right." Relax. So yeah, he didn't. I, I just make sure he, he actually just plugged in you the, in. Yeah, we've I been, just make sure you plugged interview. in the USB <laughs> to the. Yeah, not your freaking. It's uh, always plugged in. I just have to switch it on here. Oh yeah, oh. see. There was one time we recorded an entire podcast, and he forgot to switch it over the mics on, so we recorded all we off recorded the laptop, on the laptop which was facing and me, we and couldn't. you sounded like a robot. Well, probably on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so probably the first podcast to launch with. So a massive part of what we're doing with this podcast for the year and beyond mm-hmm. is fitness and health. What is your routine? Do you have one? Are you trying to start or finish or yeah. talk so, to us about that? Yeah. So th- I think that's the part that goes first, right? So I just told you my schedule. I'm up at five. I'm at work yeah. by six and I work from 10, a- 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. So I sleep for four hours. I'm with family, the other portion that I'm working. And what went the fastest was health. And, and it's sports, again, such a great kind mm-hmm. of just – is you know – I know what fit I, – I know what weight I have to be. I know what, what energy feels like. And know so what you need to do. Know what I need to do. And it, and it just kind of hit that point where I'm like, man, I got to get back into it because I thought working more, I'd be more productive. It's not the case at all. Yeah. And so what's been a crazy switch was now in part of that morning routine is it's not even a workout. It's a 20-minute um, Peloton ride oh, every yeah. morning. Yeah. And then you do some stretching, which never stretch that much. And then now our new gym is I block from 1130 to 1230 every day. And so Monday through Thursday. Sorry, I keep Fridays for beer drinking. but um, Priorities, and, you know. And that's what it is. It's shifting back because I realize what good am I to anybody if I can't even keep up with this. And I, totally. whereas my brother, so Joel, if you got him on here, the whole thing would have been about fitness. Yeah. Because that is, uh, it, it, it's, it's him. He lives it, and breathes yeah. it. And he's up at 4.30 at the gym. and What does he do? Just the gym? Or gym, yeah. So, he, he'll, I mean, he'd tell – actually, he wouldn't tell his story better. i tell his story way better. But he was in uh, Special Forces. And actually, the whole reason this all happened was he was para-jumping. So, he'd gone through – you can watch it on, H- on HBO. Not him, but like kind of the training. It was yeah. almost SEAL-like in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, landed wrong and went to get it checked. And they told me he had a degenerative disease, Ooh. if I misquote it. But where if he landed wrong again, he could be paralyzed. Oh, it's an honorable discharge. Time. Honorable dish, and so well, and so they let him go to logistics, which, mm-hmm. again, God's amazing in the sense that, like, what is pop- property management if logistics? logistics? And so he ran a fifteen million dollar budget, and now he's yeah. running our company. But um, what he switched to, yeah, was just kind of that focus on. And if you knew him growing up, he was so lazy. He was yes. always lazy. And now there was the military side of what they do, and I've I've grown to really appreciate the military. So that's uh, not great... just from a you served and helped us, but from their business philosophy yeah, and the mindset education. training in there. And I thought, man, that's what I, I mean, just to get some of that training is helpful. Yeah, one of my best friends is just retired after 28 years yeah. in the military as a lieutenant colonel. And a lot of the, the insight that I use in business is directly from yeah. him. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about 
things like an OODA loop, which is observe, orientate, um, what did I say, OODA? Observe, orientate, decide, act, OODA loop. Yeah. And you're doing it constantly. Yeah. And just little concepts like that that you can apply to life and sport. And <coughs> Look it up. There's a whole yeah. thesis on this stuff. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah. and, and then you apply it. So I, I yeah. love military concepts oh, yeah. it's in, like, in civilian life. Yeah. So we have one that's a coin. So what it is is that if somebody outside of your unit comes and helps you in a way that was above and beyond, you have this cool coin um, that you give them and it's a sign of respect and you keep the co- I mean keep the yeah. coin it's not like a pog it looks like a pog but it's not for pogs it's, <laughs> if you remember yeah. what pog is yeah I barely remember before your time no I had pogs yeah okay. yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah it looks things. like the, yeah is and it pogs or pugs Pogs, P-O-G, yeah. Pugs the dog. And Pugs yeah. the dog, yeah. <laughs> and I grew up in Scotland. Slammer. So it looks yeah, like the, the slammer. Is slammer what was so Did you cool. have the potato chips that you got it free when you opened it? Like laser, whatever. I don't know what. I think yeah, they had pogs yeah, yeah. It had those. Yeah, there was a stretch yeah. where it was in everything. Yeah. yeah. Pogs. And, and, and so it looks like that. Well, he brought that over to what we do. So if any vendor yeah. ever goes above and beyond and helps us, well, we gave it to one and she started crying. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Because she said nobody has ever thanked her for one, but then gone above and beyond to recognize her commitment. And I was like, so I didn't believe him at all. I'm like, this is stupid. We have, but they're cool looking. And I'm like, yeah, I guess we can use them for something. And, and then, then she used the them. Impact. Now we do it everywhere. He went to this conference. We're one of the largest uh, clients for a major software company uh, in property management. And he went on stage and gave it to and It was the same. Re- and I just thought, man, there's those things where it's just this, everybody wants to be it. seen. Everybody wants to be appreciated. And what it does is it's a very visual, it's almost ceremonious mm-hmm. appreciation thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. And that's just, that's it's just one idea. of them. I like it. And he does AARs, after action reviews, yeah, which are, which are well. huge. So now you fail and now you're going over why and how do we fix it well, on everything. So we're doing, we're doing yeah, good, 15 yeah. of those a day. Everybody's talking about AARs right now because of David Goggins. Book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to shift back to just, yeah, two minutes ago when you were talking about your brother. So you and your brother started this together. It can be hard to work with family. Yeah. So h- how have you and your brother worked through issues? Because I'm sure you've had issues with each other even. Yeah. Personal life comes into it at times. So, yeah. and you, But you're two very different people too. Yeah. So how have you been like, okay, Jordan, you're going to run with the visionary side. Joel, you're going to run with the management of the actual company side. And then just trusted each other and and. and and let each other do, do your own respective. Yeah. So you ever partner with somebody? Anything? Investment, business, well, marriage. Marriage. <laughs> marriage. Was that, yeah. Besides yeah. marriage, a little. Besides marriage, little different tie, but yeah. yeah. I, I I think having a partner would drive me nuts. Yeah. So what you want to find, and what I was able to find, in Joel is a like a yin and yang. So yeah. he his role is he loves the operational side. I love the growth and and this side. So in theory, I go out and get business. He keeps it. I could have built this company really fast, but then it would have fell apart. Lost it all, yeah. He might not have grown it as fast, but it would have stayed together, right? And <laughs> so um, I think with any partner, and I've learned the hard way with a partner, we're still friends, but the react, the specific action didn't go as well, but is you need to be able to have a fist fight, then go grab a beer. Yeah. And you have to allow the other to be heard. And I think, and then the last piece, and this is the hardest part, is there can be zero feelings in it. And if you feel hurt, get over it. And I think that's where me and him have operated so well. And right now, let's say he took the next week off. Okay. Cool. Because we have such a trust. And that's the difference of family is you have that 
because you, you, you vetted it, you've been in it, right? Yeah. And so you always have, you have the hardest part in the relationship. But as soon as emotion comes in, as soon as Logic mistrust, yeah, and that's where, if you can avoid that, great deal. Otherwise, mm. I would never recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so, but if, if me and Joel, honestly, I was telling him the other day, it's like, honestly, if we weren't brothers, I don't know, we'd even be friends. Yeah. Not because I don't think you're a bad guy. I just, you don't, we don't have any similarities I that. Brothers, I've got no five brothers and it's the yeah. same. Like yeah. two of my brothers, I, I would probably choose not to be friends with. Yeah. I love them to pieces. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to hang out with them. Yeah. 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 My brother and I are totally different. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, All the good genetics, yeah. got the natural six pack and I got the gut. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was the physical so, side. But yeah. But other than that, I got the brains. And right. then he's artsy yeah. and I'm more financial. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's. Yeah, and so and so when I looked at it, that was a big discussion we had because when that goes sideways, it goes sideways bad. So playing footsie with yeah, you, I, I, here, ben. I feel like I yeah, just third third wheel over here. Oh, you're, you're involved. <laughs> no, I'm trying to move away. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't pretend Scottish people don't like. Yeah, yeah, and so I think that's it, and being able to again radical transparency. So yeah. if one of, if one of us on the books, I know, like I said, that it's it's set there, and then it allows freedom. It's a freedom that I don't have to keep my eye on everything. It's the ability to. To watch it grow and awesome. and again he's grown in ways and i was, just happens I, to be brother happens to be my brother and that's it's the coolest part but i would have done the same vetting even if he wasn't my brother like it would have been one of what do you like i truly believe you have to have everybody at the table bring something right so i'm really not sure how your relationship works because steven brings everything you kind of just comment right <laughs> so i'm still trying to figure out why you why you're but the color These podcast always yeah. turn into i was gonna a say the color commentary yeah. the color commentary is really good though you're just dialed over there <laughs> so now i'm seeing it look see I, it's you have to be here in person to really feel that kind of chemistry i'm not sure what he's talking about no. you're as much use as a chocolate fire dog <laughs> what chocolate <laughs> a chocolate fire what fire guard like the thing you put in front of the tire, the fire to stop kids touching it. A chocolate oh, fire gun. Never mind. I reversed my opinion. Maybe Ben is uh, it, carrying it would, weight. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't do much. Yeah. You never heard that? No, a chocolate fire guard. Yeah, but just move. Okay, moving so on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's next for you then, Jordan? What are four degrees? There what's next for four degrees? What What's your vision? Big Big picture. Yeah, I mean, when we started, um, our mission um, was to be the most. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was trying to think if it plays well, but it does. Yeah. So we were trying to, our goal when we wrote it, it took us almost three days to write this one sentence because it, every word means something in it, but it's the most knowledgeable, um, innovative customer service oriented real estate company in the Pacific Northwest. So that's our goal. So expansion, um, uh, we call it, uh, controlled growth, I think is the difference. And for the first time, I think we've just accidentally grown. We brought mm-hmm. something to the market that maybe was a little different. Mm-hmm. Like we still close transactions the same, but I think we've doubled down on culture and doubled down on the parts I liked about real estate and it's worked for so far. Um, but I think now we're looking to actively grow. So seeking out, um, we haven't ever really recruited. We don't recruit. Yeah. So our requirement is that an agent brings somebody to us and then I call them and see if they're a fit. And then we have a four person interview process. And so for every eight interviews, we bring on one point, agent. haven't acquired any other brokerages or anything like that. Either, uh, yeah. Right? Do you do uh, the yeah. layover test, the beer test? You take them for Ooh, a beer we should. Test? Yeah, we yeah. should. Yeah, I just read one about how uh, it was in Culture Code or, mm-hmm. that Zappos did where they actually go through the whole interview process and then they pay you $2,000. Uh, they, they offer you $2,000 to not take the job. I heard that. Yeah. I was like, that's genius because you went through it all and then now one of the biggest ones is you're worried somebody's just saying all the right things to get in there. Yeah. And then you spend all this time. And once somebody's in our system, it's actually really hard to 
hard to have somebody go because we're investing yeah. so much in Did them. he give the $2,000? Because I will he, do that and interview all day, every day. Yeah, so he did 25% of them take the 2000 and they said wow. it's the best It's the best investment they've ever made is not taking on the people. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's not crazy. Yeah, and so it's, but it's that. You're always trying to find that, that screening. And it, it's, we just have a, a really loyal, loyal team that way. Um, and Do you it, do spousal interviews at all? Um, we do on leadership. Okay. So we go to dinner. We take everybody to yeah, dinner, a nice dinner, and you kind of – I think you get a lot. Um, if I could splurge and do another one, I'd probably travel with people, honestly. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of that comes out in traveling where you can't just keep it for a two-hour conversation. You have to yeah. really dive in. You're together for a while. And we've been fortunate, again, going to Whitworth, and all I did was go de- back to my Rolodex. <laughs> I love that word, even though I know I'm a Rolodex. But yeah, I'm a, like – my Rolodex? grandpa always had one. He would flip through that thing. Like, it worked, but it didn't. I still keep business cards, though. I have you a do? box full of business cards. I do, too. Every now and again. Oh, I just keep – yeah. And it hasn't happened much lately, but there was times where I was struggling. I'm like, oh, it's middle of the month, and I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to be in good shape at the end of the month. Yeah, I flip and I'd through get it. that box yeah. out, and I'd dump it out, and I'd pull yep. 10, 15, 20 of them. And, calls, and something always happened. Yeah. So I, I love – yeah, business cards. I keep them. Yeah, and and, and I think what's it's great is the cult, the culture in the building was. Now I just went back down. And I said, and it's all people I graduated with. Mm-hmm. So I already had that ability to have a base level with them and said, hey guys, we're doing something fun in Spokane. I can't pay you as much as you're making now, but I can promise you it's going to be a wild ride. And if we win, you all win. Wow. And we've gotten six people that have came back and our. our company's changing so fast mm-hmm. what's funny is everybody on the outside will see one version right they're mm-hmm. going to see the version that ended up making it through our design review which also made it through our social media person which also then hit the public but there are so many big things happening that will hit here in the next couple or next quarter mm-hmm. and i'm like man and it, i just have no idea and so we've purposely created this like just small community within our community that um allows us to do that so so you said uh Pacific Northwest, not inland Northwest. Does that mean you're looking west as well? Yeah, all the way down California is probably the, the stretch we'd do, mostly because I love San Diego. So I had to pick my lowest point. And then it naturally in Washington, all the laws are the same. So it's an easy one. Yeah. But we'll stay out of major markets. So unless a client takes us into them, but we like the mid market because then we can invest. Like and I don't feel. The laws in California are ridiculous. ridiculous so. So. You have to pay weekly. Yeah. Or you have to oh, really? offer to be paid weekly. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's going to. Never mind. Yeah. Arizona. So Tri, Tri Cities is the most nat- natural, and mm-hmm. then Central Washington, just because that's our home home ground. Yeah. So we're yeah. looking at both those right now. Um, we'll probably do it through acquisition, though. Mm-hmm. So there as we go. found the company, uh, we found like a minimum about 200 Change units. Culture, yep. Jettison the bad yep. ones and yep. keep the good ones. That's the yep. way to do it. Yep. There you go. So that's, that's kind of our model moving. Because right now in Spokane, then I thought, well, man, everything's to expand, but what if you just took over everything in Spokane? Yeah. Like just as a theory, right? And you yeah, start yeah. thinking through the numbers, you're like, There's you'd have so another, much. yeah, you're going to be capped at some point. So, yeah, yeah totally. so Sandpoint, Cordelline, yep. Boise, all that, yep. that way yep. too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So just just kind of those ones that are within reach. Uh, one we struggle with. I don't know that our system is scalable and our culture is scalable yet. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're still trying to your culture yeah, as you grow. Because I, as soon as we we had two locations and our culture took a hit, we've moved back in for one week and we've generated more business in this one week. Than we have yes. we've done in the last four months. Crazy. Like me and my brother now don't have to schedule a meeting. I walk across the hall, mm-hmm. and I think that's the part where I've seen it really take off. And like we're now planning, a, we're going to call it D Day, partly a veteran thing, but it's called Disruption also. Day. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. And so the idea is that we come, we throw all these topics that we keep just doing repetitively, right? Selling a house, you hold an open house, and now we want to do is pitch, put those on a table, and say, with people from every industry, why are we doing this? How could we do it differently? And host one of those. Um, once or twice a year 
So we're That's rolling awesome. that out here pretty soon. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited cool. for your open house on Friday. Yeah. I know I'm planning yeah. stuff and by. Are you going to? Yeah. I think I can now, too, because my training session got canceled. Nice. So. See, it makes it he's easy. He's fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, he's fired. Damn, the big man's fired. Uh, one job, man. One job. Yeah. 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 So next steps for four degrees. I think we continue to expand um, in every category. And so let's everything go, we have. Um, let's talk promotion. Mm-hmm. Social medias, websites, all the rest of it. What Where can people on? find you? Um, so more and more. Uh, so I purposely, I don't know if it was purposely or just happened, but as we were building this, it was hard to maintain it. And the pages I like the most are ones that are consistent. Mm-hmm. So I've recently started doing it. I was standing on the seventh floor of our new tower project uh, that we're helping an investor with. And uh, I remember thinking, man, I think people would like seeing this stuff. And I think yeah. more people could benefit if I could just find a better way to share it. And so uh, you'll see Instagram. We're uh, four degrees going to uh, launch a YouTube uh, station with investment management and um, kind of that, that guy. So we have some short videos and then we're also going to do some realtor type videos for anybody that wants them, not just agents. And then um, I'm hard to find. I'm actually really hard to get a hold of. I, uh, I'm working on that. That's probably my new year's resolution uh, coming forward. But uh, those email is by far the best. And then, like it. I don't know. Do you have any advice? Where should you be? Instagram, LinkedIn. Those are the two most underutilized. I think yeah. Facebook well, is your brokers are on the way out. Some yeah. of those too. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that I've seen yeah. multiple. They're all on those. Yeah. So, on those, yeah. those and you've got Instagram TV now. You can do longer videos. Yep. And yeah. I see your stuff on on the social yeah. medias. You guys are great. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you're yeah. getting out there, which is cool yeah. and smart. But yeah. And I just I can't. I, I don't want to sound like Gary V because he says this. Yeah. But I think LinkedIn is the most underutilized oh, yeah. resource that people have. It's, yeah. it's how I make a lot of connections. Yeah. But I think you that's know? because it's underutilized, right? Because mm-hmm. totally. it hasn't become a Facebook. It's the perfect place. To, if I need to go direct to somebody or find a connect, it's the one I use. But to promote, still use Facebook. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, that's the way to go. Twitter's dying off for yeah, businesses. I don't see much. Sorry. Although, well, do you ever, do you ever see yeah, I mean, Wendy's and Arby's in those companies? Sometimes they're comebacks to people. So good. On Twitter. Actually, it's fun to read. Just uh, they are. Yeah. Well, it seems to be a lot a way that a lot of companies get their message out. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Still, I mean, it's like, oh, we had something happen. Hitters. Here's our tw- exactly, you know. exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, where do they find us? Well, we're easy to find. O2E Journey on Instagram. Ordinary to Extraordinary on Facebook. Ben's always in his office twiddling his thumbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's where I'm at. Yeah. So do, do I get asked one question? To, to wrap say, this we up? need to do. We need to I feel like you should give. Yeah. The, you should give no, the guest. You should know, give the guest like three total questions because you guys. People bring should. We this. should. I know because we get into this and then they've asked some questions. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, because we've gone far enough down the rabbit hole. Is this a collective question or individuals? You can both answer it, but I feel like you have a unique perspective on the industry I'm in, right? Unique perspective on Spokane and where it is. But what are we missing? So if you, if you could offer one piece of advice to a realtors or real estate related industry, this is the first question. What would that be? I've got one. And then if you could offer one change or sustain something we should do more of for Spokane, what would it be? So it's a question I ask everyone now. My first smart ask for Mark is return phone calls. Realtors. (laughs) You could set yourself up to be such a good realtor. If you just answer the phone and return the call. Might be the best piece the, of advice. The we good give. ones always do, by yeah. the way. Yeah, maybe you need to get a different realtor. I don't have a realtor right, right. now. Still in flux, huh? Still in flux. <laughs> Still in flux. Yeah, you want to be my realtor, Jordan? No. Yeah, you don't know. do any yeah, of that. Yeah, I'm not, that yeah. Are you done with no, that? No, that's you. If you got one, I'll get a serious one here. In a second. I well, just real estate specific, and we're talking real estate lenders. Yep. Yep. Um, all of it. Embrace change. 
mm-hmm. and there embrace you. technology because there's, there's so many people that are in lending or real estate that are still trying to make cold calls on yeah. the phone instead of building a brand online and being out in the public and meeting people in a way that isn't card sharky like yeah stop yeah. stop trying to make it transactional be relationship based yeah. but you guys are doing a lot of it already yeah. and to the point of that we kind of you said earlier it's like some of the old garden spokane we're, we're doing it in finance too they yeah. get a little uncomfortable i've heard people say it about you yeah. i've heard people say it about us yeah. next big downturn those companies are gone it's like you might be surprised yeah. have you read the seven levels of communication the book no it's specific to real estate read it and then i bet you tell your agents to to read it as well it's, it's a okay. wonderful book okay or take the stairs i like that yeah too. seven levels of I've communication yeah. and what basically what it is is it's it, it, it's a short story about how realtors can go above and beyond and, yeah. and really make a difference make a difference yeah hmm. i'll add that one yeah for sure i like it yeah that I was, was expecting one. something harder. Yeah, well, where's the? Yeah. No, it's, I'm interested question. everybody's take because most people, uh, and then the last one just on Spokane in general, something Spokane we are doing well that we should sustain, or something you would want to see change. Obviously, the homelessness issue we both kind of talked about in our last couple podcasts that haven't been released. I think getting a handle on homelessness. Yeah, and you, and you get it. You're saying it's an issue because you see them. I think, uh, <laughs> right? No, so what? What everybody no. calls it? Everybody calls it an issue right now, and I'm trying to. I think still it's an issue that. because I walk through downtown and I wear a suit and I get heckled for wearing a suit. Like that seems wrong. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to hurt your feelings. That'd be good. I'm be a, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I have sitting in a room with you two. Yeah. My feelings are already <laughs> yeah, hurt. Yeah, I know. We started there. <laughs> started there. <laughs> yeah, you started there. But <laughs> Stephen likes that. Oh God. But no, it's not that we can see them. I, I, I think. There's a, they're obviously struggling. Yeah. The people are obviously struggling. It, it's it's not necessarily a homelessness issue as much as it is drug and alcohol yeah. abuse issue, right? Or substance abuse issues. So I, I think first and foremost, we need to put something into place to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, that would be what I would hope we would see next yeah. in Spokane and also stricter laws, though, as far as other cities sending their homeless here yeah. because we have resources. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, literally, I've talked with people who are in work in the city they say, oh, yeah, people get shipped in because we have the resources from the outlying cities. Correct. Like, well, that ain't great either. No. So there should be accountability to those other cities. Well, good luck trying to figure out if they're doing that or not. But um, I don't even want to focus on homelessness. For me, I want Spokane to keep being Spokane. Stop trying to be Seattle and Portland. Yeah. I think we do a great job of being unique. Um, we do a great job here in Spokane of having... I mean, work-life balance, if you like. I know that that's very cliche. Yeah. But we have mountains, rivers, lakes. In the summer, winter, we have so much to do. We don't need to be like Seattle and Portland. We don't yeah. need, you know, well, to be over-politicized. Over yeah. Yeah, um, we don't Portland. need a march and a protest every time something happens. How about you just agree to be different? How about you just say, hey, these people, I think they're morons. <laughs> but I'm not going to stand in the street with a placard with a thousand other people yeah. and create this yeah. animosity that doesn't need to be there. Just accept people's differences. Yeah. You know, like the one that springs to mind right now is on the South Hill in the library. They're yeah, going to the have reading, a, yeah. a, a reading. I mean, they're not trying to get kids to be drag queens. They're just saying, hey, these drag queens are going to come and read to these kids. That's wonderful because it's going to make these kids desensitized to the fact that they're different it's just like hey they're different just accept it and walk yeah. past them like a normal human and nobody needs to worry about what the other one's doing so i would say stop trying to be like seattle and portland and let's just 
accept everybody's different rather yeah. than trying to fight everybody that's different. Yeah. So two reasons I ask those questions. One, selfishly, the real estate one. You're more a client side, so I'm always interested to see the client-facing questions. And the second one is because I've asked that question, I don't know, probably 50 people. 40, you're the first person to ever respond with uh, sustain. Everybody else talks about an issue. And I think one of the tr trouble I have with all this is all we ever talk about are the issues. We talk about mm -hmm. what's wrong and then every focus and then dials on that instead of this massive thing of development, growth, the well, cool parts. And What I, was the question you asked? Uh, so I said, what was uh, with Spokane? <laughs> what do you like about Spokane? Yeah. Or what would you change about Spokane or what would you sustain? So see, and most that's people the thing, to what change. would you change about yeah. Spokane? Yeah. So it's okay to say nothing. But most, okay people, to say. most people don't jump to the sustain. Yeah. They don't say, hey, let's continue our outreach to business yeah, people on the I-5, right? Yeah. And so you'd watch it, but that's how some of it's spun. But you don't also read that much unless you're reading the journal, and even then you're kind of trying to figure out. But it's well, it, well what's what's coming next. And so your focus is always on the, the negative and, and, yeah. and focus so much on it that, I don't know, it, it's, hard to, it's hard because we make it an issue. The unfortunate thing is when you ask anybody's opinion on anything, you almost have to preface it with, well, where are you getting your news? Yeah. Are you getting it from Saturday Night Live? Are you getting it from Fox? <laughs> are you getting What's it from CNN? Right. Yeah. Are right. you watching KXLY? Are you you know yeah. everything has a slant? Yeah, totally. And you can you can probably answer for them if you just find out where they get yep. their news. Yeah, yeah. true. Well, we've probably rambled on a lot. We're, at, we're at an hour and twenty one minutes, fellas. Yeah, but the first five ten minutes we were. We were gibbering good today. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can find us on all the social medias. We really appreciate you guys rating us and giving us any kind of star review, whether it's one or five, but we prefer Absolutely. the five. We prefer um, the five. <laughs> Strong five. Please. And uh, thanks to Jordan for being with us today. Yeah, thank you, guys. You guys will hear more about him. He's doing a lot in Spokane with a lot of different people and partners, yeah. and it's exciting. It is. So, yeah, until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.
Now. 